Hello, this is Angelique, and you're listening to We're Booked Up, wherein I, Kendall, and Andrew discuss books. This episode will be discussing The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. It's a contemporary fantasy magical realism novel that deals with some serious issues like suicide. We are by no means authorities or experts on any of those issues, so take care with yourself before continuing. This discussion will have spoilers. But first, happy belated New Year, everyone. Yay, happy New Year. Did y'all have a good holiday? I did. Mine was super low-key. Me too. Yeah, I took some time off, and I watched a lot of movies, and ate a lot of food, and then I stepped on a scale, so now I'm eating a lot less food. (laughs) I overcooked my prime rib, so we ate pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) See, I had it. It was delicious. I did did try a, it was a part of a Chateaubriand, which is like the nice beef tenderloin. (laughs) What? Sorry. (laughs) You making fun of my... A little bit. Oh, I had a nice Chateaubriand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say is that is that normally I either overcook it, undercook it, and I got it right this time, so I was very happy. Oh, I'm really proud Which of you. That's good. hard. It's very hard. I found a really good recipe because a lot of the recipes are like 500 degrees for like 10 minutes, and then you let it. I'm an old oven. That's not happening. I found one that was like 375 for a little bit longer, and it worked perfectly. So that's good. yay. Sorry about your prime rib. <laughs> I didn't mean okay. like rub it I, in. That like, I don't <laughs> think I seared it right, like like long enough yeah. to really seal in the juices. And then, I don't know, I was dumb and I went in the crock pot. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. should have just done the oven, but I was trying to have multiple like heating surfaces yeah, available. Yeah. Anyway, how was yours, Angelique? It was all right. I made chili. That's nice. That's your specialty, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing I can make. <laughs> and mostly it's because it mostly comes out of cans. Um, <laughs> I like chili. Uh, he has that. Chateau Brule. <laughs> and you have pizza. Too. I have Red Baron pizza, and you got canned chili. Yeah. What classic. Yeah. Did y'all get any books for Christmas? Did you get yourself any books for Christmas? I got one for my sister. Actually, so last Christmas, I got the Midnight Library for my sister. <laughs> Isn't that fun? So I had my personal copy. Um, I got one. It's the, the Cer- House on the Cerulean Sea. It's good. Yeah, Cerulean yeah. yeah she good. said she really liked it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and, like um, it. and then I asked Angelique about it. So um, I'm excited about that, the, to, to try it. You might like it too, actually. Ooh. Yeah. I will look it up on Goodreads. We should do it for the podcast. <gasps> yeah. Really? We should. Because this Midnight Library is a Kendall book. And, you know, we did the Murderbot series for Angelique. Would this be an Andrew book, maybe? Maybe. If you uh-huh. like it, yeah. If yeah. you like it. If you like I'll it, try you it. do it. I'll yes. Try it. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> but, yeah, so my sister always sends me a book. And she's always like, I know you look at a library. <laughs> but, um, and uh, so, I, yeah, I think it's funny that the the two years ago it was, it was the Midnight Library. So that's kind of cool. What you? I don't. I stopped asking for books since I used the library. <laughs> uh, so, no. Although I did get all of my nieces and nephews books for Christmas. Me too. Oh. I only have the, the one. But <laughs> you're like, all my all nieces and nephews. And I'm like, I bought for one. But it was a lot of money so that I spent on that one little kid. So That's good because yeah. I did not spend a lot of money <laughs> on my nieces and nephews. You have a lot of them. You have a lot of them I so do. They so. keep multiplying. <laughs> I got gift cards, so I'll probably just buy myself a book later. There you go. That works. All right. Are we ready to talk about the Midnight Library? All right. We'll start with the synopsis this time, so I don't forget it. All right. Between life and death, there is a library. Up until now, Nora Seed's life has been full of misery and regret. She feels she has let everyone down, including herself. But things are about to change. When she finds herself in the Midnight Library, she has a chance to make things right. The books in the Midnight Library enable Nora to live as if she had done things differently. Each one contains a different life, a possible world in which she made different choices that played out in an infinite number of ways, affecting everyone she knew as well as many people she never met. With the help of an old friend, she can now undo every decision she regrets as she tries to work out her perfect life. But things aren't always what she imagines they'd be, and soon her choices place the library and herself in extreme danger. Before time runs out, she must answer the ultimate question, what is the best way to live? So first, how does the book live up to the synopsis and your expectations from the the I mean, that's that's a solid blurb. It 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 pretty much nails it. Um it this is one I have trouble because someone was asking me like, what do you think? I'm like, I'm having trouble formulating exactly what I want to say. All about right, it. first let's rate it then. Okay, okay. yeah, that's so good. what's your rating? Somewhere between a three and a three point five. I'm gonna say three point five. 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, so the first time I read this book, I gave it four stars. 
upon rereading it, I liked it a little more, and so I would even bump it up to okay. four and a half. That means a second read. And I don't reread books, yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe neither, I need yeah. to go back and reread some of the ones I thought were kind of duds. <laughs> <laughs> Not the noise. I'm sorry. I don't think any reading is going to save that book. But yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, mine's probably about three, three point five. Yeah, yeah. But the blurb definitely. I mean, if that entices you, that really does kind of sell it, and and that's what you're getting into. So um, they did a good job of concisely because there's a lot going on. So they did a nice job of concisely grabbing your attention with it so yeah i would say it's accurate i think in my own mind i was thinking that as she jumped into another life that she would remember the details of this alternate reality and she didn't and so that would frustrate me it's like come on like why can't she know like i don't know her roommate's names and where she lives like that's going to complicate things but then I don't know. I, I can I can make an excuse for it. I think that was part of the point. Because it's about the journey right. and the process as opposed to the destination. So, so you want to be dumped. Basically, because the, the question was not, what if I had chosen this path? You don't go back to where you started it. Mm-hmm. It's where you've ended that path. Or, or Yeah, you or, picked or, it back up. Right. And um, so maybe that was, we'll, we'll get dive into that, but maybe there was a point to that with Matt Haig is that's one of the obstacles of trying to choose something different. Yeah. I can buy. It. I mean, I buy it. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like I said, it's also just, fantasy. So it's yeah. It's probably why I liked it better the second time around because I knew it was coming, and I was like, "This is how it's going to happen and play out." So I was able to pick up on other things right. as, as opposed to like focusing on like I can't figure out what's happening because she can't figure out what's <laughs> yeah. happening. Right, right, right. Yeah, I found it a little frustrating at times about like she doesn't know her life that she goes into. She doesn't know anything to help her like navigate at all, and that kind of that was a little annoying. Like. But yeah, I can understand why he did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. What did y'all think of Nora? Nora was frustrating to me, but I think that was, again, I think the reason that I end up liking it at the end more than I would say about within the first half of it was that I realized that I think that he, a lot of things he did were more purposeful than I gave him credit for. She was supposed to be incredibly human. And that means that there are times where you're really rooting for her and there are times where you're, you're frustrated with her and you're annoyed with her, but then you realize, well, she's annoyed with herself. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of the purpose of this. So I, she's a very complex character. Um, and, and in that complexity, it it was hard to, to nail down my emotion from, from, from chapter to chapter really of how I felt about her. Um, and part of me, you know, the initial reaction, I think this is how a lot of people view mental health. The initial reaction is, oh, she's just sad. You know, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be around her because she just brings the party down. But you realize that all of that's based on genuine, and apparently in every world she was in, genuine yeah. mental health issues. Um, you know, they, they almost, Matt Haig, and, and I'm not saying he's, he, he does not, obviously he doesn't, you know, diminish the the subject matter of of suicide because he literally writes a book about stop before you think you know or stop before you do that think before (laughs) before you stop you know what What? i mean like think stop and think stop and think before (laughs) you do something like that because (laughs) because you don't realize all the possibilities and things like that so i don't think he was trying to make it light but it was just kind of like in three hours before she decided to kill herself like at the beginning it was almost and maybe that's supposed to be just kind of jarring and and they didn't it took those different layers throughout the book for me to appreciate her more when you started hearing the backstory about Dan, about her dad, about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause at first, at first she was just really, I was like, I don't care about this character. And, and that's sad because she's about to kill herself and I should care that another human being, but then you realize that that's, that's how mental health is. What you see on the surface, it's like the iceberg, you know, you see this mm-hmm. much and the surface is so by the end. I liked her a lot better than in the beginning, I guess is my long story. Not that short. Yeah. <laughs> I guess before I really say anything about the book, I want to be careful about being prescriptive about what I think about Nora and her journey. And I don't think that this applies to people who have suicidal thoughts or depressed no, at all. No, this is no. strictly for this character. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so I kind of want I want to be clear there. I feel like she wasn't engaging because I don't at first she wasn't an engaging character because she herself wasn't engaging in 
life. Right, she was right. feeling like the world abandoned her. Mm-hmm. She had nothing going on. So Nora wasn't engaging in life because she felt like life wasn't engaging with her. And she just, everything was kind of falling away from her. And like everything felt almost intangible to her. And so she became a kind of just blah character, which is probably how she felt on right. the inside. Like, why am I here? What I'm just blah. And so um, I, it was really fun to explore her different avenues and interests and possibilities because then you do really learn right. to, I don't know, you, you recognize that she's an interesting, smart, capable human. She's got musical talent. She's got, like, all this knowledge. She loves philosophy. She's... I don't know. She's just a fun person. She just forgot right. that she's a fun person. And again, that's one of the, that, that's, I think you and I kind of saying a very similar thing, the idea of once you get to know more. But again, that was one of those things where it was like, you want to hook your reader in, but you're not hooking her in with an engaging character. So I could see some people being like, okay, why well, do I want to read this and not continuing? But that was done very purposefully. Why do I want to continue? And then Matt Haig's like, well, let me give you 200 pages to prove to you why you need to why you need to give this character a chance. Yeah, I agree with both of you. <laughs> so, yeah. Talk for 30 minutes. Anjali's like, yep, sounds good. I mean, sounds good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. All right. Well, we covered a lot in that 30 minutes. And so, you know. Yeah, we were very engaging. I just want that. <laughs> you see me write papers. You know, this is how I am. <laughs> Anjali writes all the basics. Andrew goes back in and makes it 46 pages. Yep. Furthermore. That's how I passed. Um, all right. So which alternate reality did you find the most interesting? Hmm. The one that, that hooked me the most in the beginning. Like, so the first couple I wasn't really in was the, the glacial one. Me too. Be- me too. Okay. Actually. Because of Hugo. Right. So yeah. because then it, that to me was where the story kind of was like, whew. You know, because up until that point, it's like, oh, here we go to another world. And I was kind of getting, and that's only like the third or fourth one, but I was kind of getting already tired of the repetition. Mm-hmm. And that's when he threw the first curveball. Um, and also, I think the setting was really cool. And you know how in my mind, I'm always picturing the movie. Mm-hmm. And so that was the one where I'm like, God, that'd be cool to shoot that and to set that scene and the cinematography. You know, like I, that was the first one I jumped into and I really enjoyed it. And then and then they threw that curveball and, and I, I actually again as you go along i liked it better and that was one of those first moments where i was like okay cool so there's there it isn't just this insular world um that he's created yeah the first time i didn't want to put down the book and like go to sleep or go to a different activity was when the polar bear appeared yes. i was like oh my god they actually had a polar bear. and she's like banging on that pot and i'm like you bang sister and then she's like why isn't she disappearing and it's like i don't know i just uh, for me the most exciting was the polar bear and then the hugo twist where it's like Oh, like it's fun to watch her engage, and he 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 changes up that repetitive mm-hmm. storytelling. It was really nice. Also, and it's funny because they mention, and then they get to the polar bear scene, and I think I'm, were you all thinking the same thing? It doesn't matter. She's in this not real world, and then when she gets back, Miss Elm's like, "Well, yeah, if you had died, you'd just be dead." You're nope. like, "Oh, the stakes!" It was like, and it was after the fact. It was like that made that scene much more intense, and it was like four pages, five pages later. It was like, "Oh man, I forgot about that." Like she almost died, died, <laughs> mauled, like <laughs> Leo in the Revenant, mauled. You know, it was like, yeah. God. So anyway, yeah, that was that was. I forgot about the polar bear. Well, it was also the first time that she actually wanted to engage in activity. It wasn't just her and Dan, oh, yeah. or her like going back and like her cat was still dead, which was very sad. That was yeah. like the saddest little thing. And Anyway, when, but like it was like she was like, oh god, there's a polar bear. Action is happening. Things are happening in the story to move it forward. There were some other characters that actually weren't because I mean, really, the only other character in the Dan one was Dan, who's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are actually characters like, oh, she made a friend. Yeah. You know, oh, there's this guy who's interested in her work. You know, and so that you're right. It's like finally putting her with other characters that don't just hate her or are just awful to her. Yeah. Yeah, it expanded the world a little bit. Mm-hmm. It gave her a reason to try to connect with another human being because it wasn't one person she hadn't let down already. Yeah. 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 I like that was good. <laughs> also, for I've, me... I've was, read it. That's why I've had time <laughs> to think about it. Also, for me, that was also like one of the more frustrating ones because she's like in this dangerous place and she does not know what she should be doing. I know when they were like, "You're the spotter," and she's like, "I'm the spotter." Does she even know how to use a gun? 
<laughs> no, remember she was saying she was like by the time she figured out like yeah. how to put it together and how to even fire it, yeah, she'd been dead. Yeah. She got lucky that that polar bear just like left. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was done. He was tired of her. He left her like Dan did, <laughs> like everyone else in her life. He was also not engaged by Nora. <laughs> it was early on, right? That was the first half of the book. Oh, that part, the part in the glaciologist one that I liked the most, which is terrible. It was like she just peaced out in the middle of her rendezvous with Hugo. Oh. He was so disappointing. <laughs> she just left. That was funny. I loved that Hugo was a disappointment. <laughs> I know, I know. Because they really do introduce him as this is the game changer. And yeah. it's like, no, Hugo's just another no. ordinary. Yeah. N- like, I thought he was going to be a little character. bit more of a love interest. And I feel nope. bad. Like, these worlds actually exist in this story. I feel bad for, like, the actual glaciologist Nora who woke up in the middle of that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Did she drink in this one? Maybe she could just be like, I had too much to drink. Yeah. I don't know. That's right. No, she's a vodka. She had a hangover. Yeah. 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 He I gets think. back at her later, though, when he's talking to her and about something. he just disappears. Yeah. She <laughs> says yeah, something he doesn't like. It turns out, like, when he, every time he pops up after that, you're like, I don't like him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not great. No, I mean. I'm Which not... was the point. Like. Well, he obviously was struggling with things in his own life because he was also what he you know termed a slider like oh yeah yeah he just kept it wasn't like he was like super fulfilled with anything going on but he wasn't actually seeking fulfillment by that Mm -hmm. point either so he was good to just go also when he said sliders i just thought of that show from like the 90s with like jerry o'connell Oh my gosh. <laughs> you seen it? Was it no, called but sliders? It, yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was called Sliders. I have never heard never of heard the of show. It, it was what on for like a few seasons. Deep cut. Yeah. Okay. It's real. I am being this like right now. It was on the Sci-Fi channel. I feel like oh, it had that's like a purple I would never. or like UPN. I would never. Uh, I remember seeing commercials for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. It went on for like five seasons. Yeah. Five? Five seasons had 87 episodes. 87 episodes. A boy genius and his comrades travel to different parallel yeah. universes trying to find their way Who, home. There was a guy in it that's like popular now. What was this? John Reese Davies. Yeah, him. yeah. He was in it. He was He's the, popular now? Who is this guy? Or he was popular at that time. He was oh. the, the little. Uh, he was Gimli? Yeah, in Lord of the Rings. Oh, I haven't finished Lord of the, the, the Rings. The, um, the. Was he a troll? No. He's a dwarf. Dwarf, yeah, yeah. With the red beard. I He's don't in believe the, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go through. Charlie O'Connell made an appearance. Yeah. Um, his sidekick was uh, was uh, Sabrina Lloyd. Who is Sabrina Lloyd? Yeah, she was a, a '90s actress, okay. character actress, I think. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Angelique, I have uh, no desire to go back and watch this series. Yeah, I got tired of it too. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, shout out to Jerry O'Connell and sliders. And sliders. Yeah. See, I thought of food. I know I did too. I'm now hungry. <laughs> it's like mm, a little hamburger, you know. Okay, sorry. Next, what was your next question, Audrey? Um, all right. Did the book's pace seem too fast, too slow, just right? I feel like it picked up after the polar bear, but the polar yeah. bear was like 120 pages in, so I yeah. can see how somebody might not be super into it after a few. You know that we talked about, like even with the noise, even though we hated it. Because of the short, pithy chapters, you kind of kept moving. Yeah. That was the one positive of this. Is yeah. the, the short, pithy chapter chapters, kind of, I, I do think that kept a nice pace. Even if the storyline was not pacing as well, it didn't take you long before you got to some new action. You know, that she was back at the library and, and you knew another world was going to come up because it, it, you know, what tops five, six pages per chapter. Yeah. And I like that he would um, intersperse like her, you know, goodbye note or messages that she oh, was yeah. like putting on social media like they're always like really quick little uh i don't know like five sentences max yeah <laughs> yeah um little pieces little so, palette cleansers in between the yeah. and also connecting you that was really good to con- to keep reminding you that this world is kind of pseudo but but to connect you back to the original event in her original life yeah I think he also did a good job in the beginning of kind of laying out here the different possibilities because he talked in the beginning. He like talked about how she was going to be a swimmer, how she could have been a singer, how she, you know, was in a band, um, what, the glaciologist mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were just like a lot of little avenues that they that they that he wove into the story early on. So I was kind of intrigued to see what her life would look like as some of those like as an Olympic swimmer. Actually, I did have to go back at a few points and be like, what are they talking Because you realize that in like the first 
25 pages, a lot, almost every reference that's going to be referenced, the rest of it is mentioned. It was like when we got to Izzy, the friend, and I was like, okay, what was Izzy? Let me go back. And I realized, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it was just kind of so, so I guess now that, you know, hindsight's 2020, that yeah, the beginning may be a little bit slow, but it's really important that you pay attention to all those little details because they all come back and get expanded on. See, I love that about a book. He doesn't like yeah. forget to go back and like reference stuff i think it's beautiful i didn't realize how much ash was referenced throughout yeah. the story until i was rereading the whole thing mm-hmm. that was i think maybe it was ash not not izzy ash was the one that was like oh yeah he was the doctor that mm-hmm. yeah then you go back and you realize oh there, there was more significance there than i than i thought so how about for you angelique it was slow in places and yeah it, it picked up after the glaciologist one i got I'm with Andrew. It was a little repetitive at first, so it took me a while to like latch on to reading it. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was like too fast and too slow, so it just kind of came out just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rereading it has been great. Yeah, yeah. I've got like rose-colored glasses on about it now. <laughs> All right. Um, do y'all have a favorite moment or quote? I liked, and it was just for me, so I'm sure there's a question of, you know, what we liked and didn't like. So I won't go too deep into this, but I liked the quietness of the last thing you see is her playing chess with Miss Elm. Because in all of this, you know, the Miss Elm that you see in the Midnight Library is not Miss Elm. And she even says, like, she says a bad word. She's like, I don't remember Miss Elm saying it. Because it's not her, really. (laughs) Uh But then you get to kind of meet the real Miss Elm. And you kind of get to, and and that was where he really the, the full circle because remember the first part is Miss Elm, the guy, the kid comes and he's she's with Miss Elm and she finds out that her mom dad dad died, dad died, um, and so that little quiet ending I I love stuff like that because for all of this you know you're bouncing back and forth between worlds and that was just I didn't like all of the and I'll explain why but that little part of she she went back to visit her and to find that whatever Miss Elm was for her, which is why she was what, you know, represented in the Midnight Library. Remember Hugo was talking about, for me, it's this this guy in the video store or whatever, or no, mm-hmm. it was an uncle, yeah, his uncle, favorite uncle or something. Um, but you never, you get just a little bit of that at the beginning. And then it's the Miss Elm that's not the real Miss Elm. So it's Miss Elm. So it was nice to see at the end, the reminder of why someone like that was so important to her. And I also think it's a good thing to remind people of those teachers and those those influences in your life. Go back and visit them. You don't have to like Tuesdays with Maury them, like you know, like okay, you don't have <laughs> you to like rub sit them. with them while they die. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I just I just like that little moment because I really liked the real Miss Elm. Yeah. And you know, and what we even though she was one of the most the you know the, besides Nora the most prominent character, you didn't really get to see the real Miss Elm. So it's kind of nice to go back and remind yourself of of that initial catalyst for her. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's really sweet. That's really sweet. Yeah. I think, I don't know, when I think about the book, the polar bear chapter was the most engaging and exciting, so that's probably the part I like, but I did find a couple quotes that I liked. Oh, P.S., I really liked that she, just off the top of her head, like knew all those philosophy quotes mm-hmm. and who they were by. I thought that was interesting. That was something to kind of hang on to. I don't know philosophy quotes, but I can quote song lyrics from the 1990s like nobody's business. So okay. I feel like we're in the same. Thank you. <laughs> we I are would, aware. I kind of judge her a little bit because she says her favorite philosopher is Henry David Thoreau. And I'm like, did you read Walden? <laughs> <laughs> he goes to live in a forest? Do you think he's a... I don't, I don't know. Sorry for the all Thoreau people society. who love that guy. Um, one of the quotes was, a pawn is never a pawn. It's a queen in waiting on page 188. I liked that quote. And then... Um, In my mind, I thought you said pond. Oh. <laughs> and so then a pond. I was like, Sorry. how does a pond become a queen? I don't know. Pond. Pond queen. Okay, gotcha. I did not enunciate. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Queen. No, that was... <laughs> like a swamp rat, a pond queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't think that's a compliment. <laughs> no, a pond. Pond. Yes. Chess. W-N. Yes. Paul. I don't know. I'm not going to No, you're that. fine. That's totally all me, not on you. The, well... The other one was, um, it's not a library of corpses, it's a library of possibility. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like what libraries are representative for I me. Did, I did love the setting of the library. And not just because I'm a librarian, but because 
even though this was a library that doesn't exist, it still represents what a library is supposed to be in your everyday life to explore worlds that are different than yours, to explore ideas that are different than yours, to, to, you know, like, so they definitely did a good job of like taking the concept of what we as librarians are trying to preach about the art importance. And and he put it into the setting of this book. So that was kind of cool. Do you think that if you were in her situation, you would see a, a library or a video store? You wouldn't see a video store. Marcus I would have a, a up at shows to go. So I don't know. Yeah, I would be at the on the Golden Girls Lanai <laughs> with Betty White. With my Aww. Betty White. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure my husband's would be a music store. Yeah. I think I I can see myself. Ham. Not <laughs> a honey baked. I think it would be a restaurant though. Yeah. Do you have any idea, Angelique? Probably a house where I'm comfortable <laughs> with cats. Cats, you'd yeah. have a different cat yeah. come up to you. Yeah. She'd have like Professor McGonagall. It'd be like the cat that turns into a human, <laughs> or how a human that turns, turns into a cat. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Oh, Maggie Smith. But yeah, my my one. your person would be Maggie Smith. No, no, Betty White, totally, <laughs> totally Betty White. By the way, miss you, Betty. That oh was that was a big loss. So, um, all right. Do you think Nora ends up with Ash in her root life? I don't know, but I bet you she goes back and asks him back, like for another cup of coffee or something. Well, that's what that was. What she, yeah, that that was what she was going to do, right? Was it? I think that's what. Yeah, hmm. I read it twice. I actually, didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I but actually I, do because you know when she was finally with Ash and she had a daughter and and there was the she was finally with her brother, but then she said she didn't deserve that life, and maybe it's because she didn't do the work to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So by going back to her root, like that was the, cause you know, every step she got a little bit closer, I think to where the actuality of it. And so that was probably the closest to her real life. So I think the idea was that she went back to her root life. She would still want to try to be with Ash, but she would want to do it from the beginning. Yeah. And again, that goes back to, you're always dropped in the middle. She's having to ask this fake daughter of hers all the questions, you know, because she doesn't really know. So what's your name, little right, girl? Right. <laughs> but, um, so maybe the whole point is, maybe the whole point is you have to go back to, if you want to explore, that was the possibility that she liked the best. But in order for you to really enjoy it, you have to go back to your root life and enjoy the journey to get to where you got yeah. in well, that dream. That was also the world that, that let dream. her be... Her most more yeah. authentic, like yeah. her most authentic self. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to move off and have this like country pub. It was like, we're only going to move 30 miles from Bedford. So if you want to go back to school, you can. Yeah. You know, it's like you're into philosophy. Cool. And like they asked, did your dad still work at the hospital in Bedford? And she was like, I don't know. But you kind of get the sense of, yeah, they, they, so he still can commute. And so there's, they're not so far disconnected. From who, from where she was, and where she. Well, the decision was probably also the closest it was to when she started to have the opportunity to diverge into these lives, as opposed to going back to high school when she quit the band. Yeah, yeah. You changed so much in between. I don't know how old was she when she was in the band at first. Sixteen, 16 yeah. seventeen, and, and now she's 35? in her thirties. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I always think about like the aftermath in the world that she leaves for some reason. I don't, it just sticks with me. Like, so for the one with Ash, she was there for a really long time and she wrote part of this, this other Nora's like thesis or her Mm -hmm. like book. Yeah, her academic work. And like, so this other Nora is going to come, who's going to wake up again and be like, who wrote this? (laughs) I do think Ash is going to get her some, like, mental health. Yeah. Like, she's going to have an episode because he yeah. was already kind of suspicious. Like, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's going to roll over a Where'd she go? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the bear. Where's, where'd she go? <laughs> also, if she does get, if she does decide to, like, date Ash again, is she going to compare him to this alternate Ash? Is she going to, is there going to be one day, it's like, your alternate self would never treat me like this? I thought about it. Like, what if they get together and then they don't have a little girl just like Molly? Yeah. What if their kid's completely different? I mean, would it's she possible, want, like, timing? Would she want a kid just like Molly? Probably, I mean, maybe she wouldn't because she recognized yeah. that Molly there annoying. was. So that's just. <laughs> <laughs> she was a kid. I don't know. Like there, I don't know. Part of me, part of me thinks like, oh man, she's gonna be constantly comparing 
what it could have been to the other life. But then part of me is like, maybe it'll be like the Midnight Library and she'll just slowly forget about that other life. I think so. And be excited and engaged in the one she has. Because you can have multiple children and love them. (laughs) (laughs) And two, the whole idea is the Midnight, the whole point is to teach her to go back to her root life. Mm -hmm. And to try to make it work. So maybe she learned the lesson of, I need to stop comparing what would have been and just live in that moment now. So maybe you, I guess you would, I guess the reason they kind of leave that as a, we don't know is you're supposed to say, well, if she's learned her lesson and she was given the chance to go back to right before, you know, where she was when she was so low to the point that she didn't want to be here anymore, that she's learned enough of that lesson that she'll, it, she, she'll just let that, like you said, forget that or even just let it go. Mm-hmm. And say, let me try to make it in this world now. And it's going to go differently than maybe what I expect. But as long as I keep working on it, I'll get to where I really should be. Yeah. I like that when they returned her to her root life, when they, when the plot returned her to her root life or whatever, she didn't go looking to re-engage with a bunch of people that she had seen in the past life. I mean, there was Joe, but like. Well, there was a constant. Yeah. yeah. But she went and she called that kid whose mom the mom called her right i thought she called them i can't remember who called who but there was the scene where she was discussing on the phone i'm so sorry she gave this big monologue about missing out on the teaching the kid the piano and like it will never happen again and then the other one was mrs elm and then well the uh, neighbor uh, doctor uh mr ban banger banerjee yeah yeah Hmm. so she started small she started with small tiny acts and and then, like, the circle got bigger. Yeah. Because um, maybe that's what that taught her, is that if I can just start with one thing, it triggers a positive to trigger a positive to trigger a positive. The way that in her before, all the negative triggered another negative triggered another negative. So. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for the next question, Angelique. All right. Is the ending satisfying? If so, why? If not, why not? Would you change anything? So here... I guess some of this is going to be where it's not like a four or above for me. The ending was satisfying. And I saw it coming from page 80. <laughs> yeah. It was after yeah. the, ca- when it, when, when Miss Elm went on the kind of the monologue about, okay, yeah, the cat died and that sucks. But what you don't realize is, is that I'm going to start building you as a, po- trying to build the positive back into you. You were a good cat owner. There was nothing you could have done differently. And it turns out she didn't get hit by a car. She was going to die no matter what. And so it's like, okay, so now she's she's trying to, that's when the teaching starts. The Miss Elm character starts teaching her of uh, how to build, you know, a more positive outlook, essentially. And from there, I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. She's going to go back to her root life. Whatever, t- whatever the journey is, that's going to be the ending. And so that was my, my biggest problem with the book is that even though I, I liked parts of the journey, and even though I think it was very well written, I mean, just some of the the way that the, I just think it was well written. I got to page eighty, and I was like, and I kept hoping when I got to the end that it would not end up exactly like I thought it was going to, and it did. And that's just kind of, and I don't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it did kind of damper the the journey to get there just a little bit, um, especially in like a magical realism. You kind of expect a little a few more twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And to me, I realized what was going to happen. Realized it was going to get there. Honestly, the the um, the Ash one was the most surprising. and that So then I thought, oh, she's going to stay. This is it. She's going to stay. And then it ended up exactly like I thought it was going to. So that, that's my only thing with it is, is I kind of saw from the beginning the whole point of this journey is to return her back to where she was so that she can find you – know, can, can figure out how to live the life that she's chosen, not anyone else. And um, so that was just a little disappointing for me. Yeah, I get that. I keep trying to think, like, what would have made this book a – Five because there's so many people in my life who like love this book. My sister loves mm-hmm. this my book. Sister, yeah, I mean she she adored it, and I really liked it. I Me would too. highly recommend this to other I would people. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I liked it more on the second read. For me, I'm like, I can't, there there was like this missing element for me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. The closest I've come is like there was no humor in it, there was no messiness, like Everything got wrapped up in a nice, neat, tight little bow, and it didn't leave room for still having kind of a, I don't know, like it didn't feel real. It just felt too perfect in the end, and it's... Like, I'm going, I've gotten to the point 
and my mental health that I don't want to be here anymore. And then all of a sudden, I'm, at the end, I'm cur- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. which that's not a healthy. She was a little too happy. She seemed almost manic at the end. And there was no like acknowledgement of that through, from the people around her, I felt like. And maybe it was just my reading of it, but she, it, it was just a little too pat and perfect that suddenly, because even when you're, you have a mental illness like that and you do maybe go to th- start going to therapy and start taking medications for it, it's not a, like a quick turnaround like that when she realized, oh, I do want to live. And there is no cure. You just have to, you have to keep, yeah, you yeah. just have to keep going. You just have mm-hmm. to keep um, practicing like, like self-care, I guess, and things like that. You just don't, you don't end up in the hospital and then when you get out, you're just, okay. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see far enough along into the journey to know what that would have looked like for her. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there were so many situations that were, that could have been so much more awkward and it didn't have to be funny to her, but it could have been funny to like situational. Yeah. um, I feel you. Things that could have just been funny. I could have elevated it. it. I think also because she was anytime someone says their philosophy, like I'm like, oh man, you're gonna be pretentious. <laughs> like <laughs> I have the answer to the universe. Like it just felt like it could have gone deeper, and I don't know. Well, and I do feel like what I think the other problem I have with the book is it. it you get to, it's like when Miss Elmwood, she asked the questions and Miss Elmwood started explaining and it felt like she, I, there is, it was like these long winded preachy monologues about philosophy and life and all that. And, and I don't, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of see with, yeah, where there, there's, I kind of feel you on, on what you're saying basically as well. The other yeah. thing it felt, you know what it is? Oh, if, okay. It's, he needs Matt Haig. I wish you had found a way to incorporate the philosophy and the stuff without trying to be like trying to impart a lesson because even in her own, like when she would be in one life and she would be talking, she would say, you know, Dan, in another life, you would be texting me how much you love me and how much you miss me. God, that drove me nuts. She kept saying, you know, if this were another life, I could be a da 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 Oh, it just drives me bonkers. Like, it's like, well, I learned this lesson, therefore I know everything. And it just felt, I think that's, if he had taken that out and maybe added in some more messiness, I probably would have loved it more. Because if he, if his goal is to teach all these lessons, it's almost like he's saying, I can bring you from the brink of suicide. Like this I know the, the answer. Yeah. That might be a maybe, maybe not. <laughs> No, but, but but yeah. But I could see where that's I think it is. There was there was a preachiness to it, as if he did have the answer to some of these things. And I think you're right, if he had been if the ending had been a little more ambiguous of okay, so she's not trying to kill herself, but she's not perfect happy life either. Mm-hmm. If it had been a little bit more, then maybe it wouldn't have felt like I've just told you the answer to to and of course there is no I mean, no one's going to experience this. I, I get that. But yeah, there there was something there was a preachiness to it that I did not like. Um, and sometimes some of those preachy moments felt eye rolling. It just made me want to take two a step. on the nose eye eye rolling. It just made me want to take a step back. I think yeah, that's why I would give it four to four and a half stars instead of right, five. Right. Did you did you find this Angelique is the case, or did you have a different experience? What would have made it better for you? I don't know. I just. So it felt like a book that was trying to teach a lesson, basically, throughout the whole thing. It felt like Nora was the vehicle for that lesson and not, like, an actual fully fleshed-out character. Like, Haig wanted to tell the reader something. And it's a good message, and I appreciate the message. But I don't—I'm not a big fan of message books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, but it is—it's a good message. And a lot of the things I didn't like about the book— were because it was a message book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't know everything about the life she was going into because she had to learn that no life is perfect or no life is going to work out how she wants it to. 
so she can't know about it going into it kind of thing. And um, it it's kind of almost feels like a sort of wish fulfillment, seeing what could have been and realizing that life is full of disappointments no matter what, but you had to live the life you have. So that kind of thing. It, it kind of felt like that. Yeah. I did have yeah. a... I had a visceral reaction, I think, in some ways to that one chapter where she's going through all the regrets. Mm-hmm. That spiraling of, I regret this, I regret this, I regret this, I regret this, I regret this. And I do, I do agree with you. I'm not, and when I said I think that he, he thinks he has the answer, I agree. I don't think that that's what he's saying, but it, there, there are those undertones. Yeah. Um, the basic message, though, is a very good one. And the humanity of you can, you will, if you spend all your time regretting everything, you're never living. Yeah. There are always going to be regrets. And I do, I do, you're right. I do like that message. Um, but that was one of those moments where, and again, it was, it was when she really was, and, and remember she, she just can't handle it anymore. When this is like when she initially opens the book and she literally is like physically drained. It's almost like she had a panic attack. Yeah. You know, if you have a panic attack, you literally like your body ceases. I mean, if anyone's ever had one, I've had one multiple, um, a week, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Um, but, but, and I liked that part, and then the idea of of exploring that. But yeah, I, I maybe that is it's it it definitely set out itself of I'm going to teach you something, mm-hmm. instead of just saying I'm going to tell you a story about this woman, and I hope that you get something from it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we sound like King of the Hill. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. We just need to be standing there in the driveway, the driveway with some with beer. Some beer yeah. <laughs> Good times, good times. <laughs> All right. Well, that was my last question. Does oh. anybody else have any questions they would like to ask or any points they would want to make? I think, and again, I know we talk, I always, I think this would be a really good movie because I think yeah. the different visual, like if you had a really visual director, I thought about Ang Lee and Life of Pi, like that kind of aesthetic. Because um, that kind of had a fantasy, fantasy, but then there was rooted in reality kind of thing. I think that it would make a really good movie, and I actually have already cast it, so um, <laughs> good for you. Do you all know Jessie Buckley? She's redhead. She's um, about 32, 33. She's Irish. She, um, she was in a movie called Wild Rose where she plays this rock star, because I thought about that. You have to have someone who sings. She was yeah. in the last season of Fargo, um, and then she's in a movie that just came out th- uh, December 31st called The Lost Daughter with Olivia Coleman. Um, it's directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Anyway, since you all don't know who it is, this is completely wasted. Um <laughs> But um, well, maybe the listeners know. Yes, Angley will direct um, wow. Jesse Buckley in the version of the Midnight Library, and I could actually see it because I think some of the visuals and telling the story through the visuals would take out some of the preachiness. Like, mm-hmm. don't put all the preachiness into yeah. like the script. Put some of that into some of the visuals. I think that that would work. I mean, I like the book. It would be more I think subtle. It, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, so in my mind, I'm now picturing Jesse Buckley like watching the whales in Australia. So yeah. yeah. That one was awful. Yeah. That one was awful. The yeah, Australia well, she goes to Australia and it turns out her best friend is died. dead already. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that it was seemed... not supposed to, but that one just, like, yanked my life. I was like, oh. That seemed like an easy way out, kind of. Oh, no. The one that got me in the feels was when she was um, the Olympic swimmer and her dad was still alive and she heard his voice. Yeah. 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 But then I... it turns out he's kind of dirtbag. Like, yeah. She her mom. <laughs> I know, and like this, like mom Russian. ended up dying earlier. Right. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is her dad died, even though they had a complicated relationship, and yeah. she heard his voice. That would be incredibly just Cause he, like because he died yeah. when she was a child, right? So it's it's and it's not like hearing a voicemail or something. It's oh. it's oh would, my god, I've not heard this voice. That's yeah. the one that, that really is, that is, yeah. hit me in the field. And those that's where I think he succeeds. Is he does hit those moments when 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 she finds out Izzy died. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like you do feel it. Um, and that's where I feel like in a film, those moments would hit heart would hit better. And then again, some of the preachiness you could tone down or make it more mood. Um, cause good directors can make the mood mm-hmm. convey what you're trying to do. And I feel like that, that then that would make it, that would take out some of that, that excess that we kind of are conflicted about. Yeah. I, I also really liked that just because she thought she was going to go into a life where she's an Olympic swimmer. She's not actually still a swimmer. She's yeah. a motivational speaker because she's in yeah. her mid thirties and there are probably not that many Olympic swimmers. I don't know this. We'll have to fact check it in their mid thirties mm, or no. um, I don't know. She, she just had a lot of different, she had a lot of f- different fun avenues. 
that she got to go down. My question would be, what's a regret you guys would try to live out differently? Oh, man. I don't know if I want the whole world to know about my, <laughs> my list of like horrible regrets. That's fine. You can choose a baby regret, like a yeah. tiny one. Mm. Well, for me, I probably would have maybe gone away for college instead of staying yep. in county, basically. Mm-hmm. I think for me, uh, after I graduated college, kind of wish I had moved somewhere else and actually tried to, you know, pursue my acting stuff. Mm. Even if nothing ever came of it, I could then say, yeah, I lived in Chicago. I lived in L.A. I lived in New York. And here are my fun stories. Yeah. I think for me. I've I've had a lot of friends over time where because of distance and space we've just grown apart. Like if if they were to walk through the door now, it'd be great. But I I'm I'll be you guys know this. I'm not the best at like keeping up with stuff. You all keep up with me, and you're the you're the only ones that have ever kept up with me for this long, and given kept giving me a no seriously. I mean that that's the truth. This library family is is the first one where. Even when I'm in my like worst, you guys are like, ah, that's just Andrew. And next day, it's it's you gonna be a butt again today? Nope. Good. All right. Here's a funny joke for you. But that because it's the first place I've ever felt like me, and I think that's just part of it. But there are some friends along the way that I would really like to reconnect with, and maybe not have lost that connection along the way, um, because they were really good parts of my life. Yeah. And um, but anyway, and that that's that's everyone's regret. I mean, there's always that person in your life that. You're like, man, I wish I'd kept up with so and so. I bet we would have, we could have still been, could have made it work, or whatever. And of course, I did read something. There's like, you only have room for a certain number of people in your life. Like your headspace only has room. Oh, I know that's true. And in, in our <laughs> world, where we're in the public all the time, we have a lot of people in our. And and so, but but yeah, there there are just a few, and I don't, I won't name them just in case they're actually listening. <laughs> I'll like, be listening because be listening. like because <laughs> then I like I have to like act on it so like, <laughs> but you know who you are and i hope you're doing well i say so. that that like like it's the book of right but you you don't really i don't know the further i get into my life i don't really regret it because i'm you know very like you happy have, where but we're, we're all like we're I, good we we're work set. a lot you have curious. you have small children like we're tired we don't yeah. want to take on any more responsibility <laughs> in our lives <laughs> i'm saying it's one of those regrets it doesn't mean i'm like at 31, I'm going to be like, well, you know what I'm going to do is go really loud. Re- so live. if Andrew's friends are listening, don't contact him. He doesn't have Yeah, I just hope it. you're doing well. That's really, that's, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't have the headspace to like catch like, up 10 years love worth you, of. mean it. Don't call me. <laughs> oh, that's the best thing ever. And now you know why you are the, are the only ones who have stuck it out. <laughs> because Angelique still works with you. She has no choice. Our desks are right okay, next so to each other. Okay, so you stuck it out, <laughs> even though you no longer... That's true. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> All right. Any more thoughts, questions? I just want to take a second to plug, um, cause, because we're a podcast, and um, to, so library staff have had the opportunity to be on two different podcasts in the last couple of weeks, and um, just keep your eye out for them. One is called Savvy Citizen, which is Gaston County's podcast. Um, Dandrea, our former library program coordinator, um, and and the communications team have Savvy Citizen. And I think this week, maybe is already posted, um, Susan McDonald and Paul Ward, our director and assistant director, are guest stars on it, talking about all the cool things coming at the library. Um, thumbs up. Highly recommend Savvy yeah, Citizen. Great. I actually listened to that as well. And then um, we got a, a contact from – so Gaston Sheet Metal has a um, – a podcast called Gaston's Great. And what they do is they interview organizations and individuals that they think are, are making Gaston a great place to live, Gaston County. And so we were recommended um, by our former director who's in Rotary with uh, Mr. one of the, the Long Brothers. And apparently she was very persistent. And so we, uh, Emily Winfrey, who is our um, library outreach and community engagement coordinator, and I this past week went on uh, went on. Um, Gaston's great and talked about again talked about all the great things that are coming at the library why we love being here in Gaston County and they have now 34 episodes um, of lots of great leaders and organizations here in Gaston County that do a lot of amazing things so I shout out to Steve Long and and uh, Elizabeth and um, their really great team at Gaston's great and another one is to sit down and and find out what's going on in this this little place uh, uh, our little home here so yeah 
it, it was really, it was a lot of fun. It was a really positive experience, and um, I've gone back and started listening to some of them, and and I'm learning some. You know, you think in being in the library and having connections with all these different organizations, I would I, I am learning stuff and learning about some really neat things that are going on here in Gaston County, um, and it makes me these podcasts plus this wonderful one um, celebrating our culture and celebrating our history and our organizations and our people make me proud to be here in Gaston County. So uh, check out all three of these wonderful podcasts. Will you make sure to share that link and stuff on the Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, like so um, usual. <laughs> Elizabeth from Gas and Sheet Metal is going to tag the library and then send us a link so that we can share it out. And the same thing with the Savvy Citizen. We'll make sure we get those those two podcasts out. And then I encourage you to go go to your um, where you, wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to both of those and catch up with all the really great episodes that have happened up until this point. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a lot we didn't cover in this book. I can't remember any of it right now. <laughs> but if somebody's listening and wants to comment, I'm willing to continue this yes, discussion. Yes, it is definitely a good discussion. Yeah, social this media. would be a good book club book. I think so. Yeah, it actually, is actually a book club book right now. For it's either Belmont or Union Road. Okay, cool. Which, it, which one is as the page turns? That is Union that's Road. Union Road. Road. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I'm and yeah. a lot of my Union Road book club members are in my book club here at the main library so they're probably gonna be like Andrew do not make us read the same so we try to do a different book so they don't have to read the same one but I would recommend we've already picked for 2022 but I think I'm gonna recommend this one for 2023 if they aren't if if enough people haven't read it because I think it would be a very interesting discussion for yeah. for our girls at the book club so oh this makes me so excited <laughs> I love book clubs <laughs> Kendall used to do our book club. Back oh, in the day. and shout out to our friend Carol Teeter who <gasps> listened to all of our uh, podcasts as the page. Uh, now you just said as the page turns. Well, if we're booked up, and she <laughs> is a huge fan, and she's our um, our friends member who is in charge of our membership, and she does an excellent job. So thank you for being a fan and for supporting the library. But yeah, Carol gave us a shout out the other day. She, we were walking down the hall, and she said, "I loved the new thing you guys are doing with Kendall." So oh, uh, I love you, Carol Teeter. Thank you. Thank, thank you for being a friend. Oh, <laughs> and and um, a book club member. So if she hears this, maybe she can help. If she decides she likes it, maybe she'll help pitch me pitch it to the group. So. Yes. <laughs> oh, that makes me even more excited. I'm leaving here so amped up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to close out this episode of We're Booked Up. I'm going to promote the new library app, MyLibro. Yes. With MyLibro, patrons can place holds, schedule curbside pickup, keep track of multiple accounts, and a whole lot more. MyLibro is available in the Apple App Store and Google Play. And don't hesitate to contact the library with any questions. And, and actually, so this is really cool. So the MyLibro folks, we are the first library that they have done with our operating system, Polaris. And so we definitely, definitely download the app. And if you have any issues, please let us know. They are so responsive because they literally developed this for us, like kind of from scratch. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. And it is awesome. So if you guys yeah. had, we had an old app and we're not going to talk about it because it was really bad. <laughs> this one is really, really awesome to be able to check. You can literally walk onto the, walk into the, sh- the, the stacks, whip out your phone, go to the app and check out the book right there. You can also read and listen to audiobooks, read ebooks and listen to audiobooks through the app. Yeah, it has overdrive overdrive integration and we're they're working on Hoopla. Hoopla yeah. is the next the next phase. They're also working on a chat feature where um so you can actually schedule your uh your curbside checkouts and um and do it all on the app and then they're gonna add to that a chat feature so you can chat to staff who are are working on those uh those orders for you. All right, that's it for this episode of We're Booked Up. The Midnight Library is available in both the library and online in the Libby and Hoopla apps. Let us know what you think of the book and what you think of what we think of the book. Just leave a comment at the off-the-shelf blog at gastonlibrary.blogspot.com or at gastonspeaks.podbean.com. Next month's book will be Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore, which is a romance, a Victorian romance. Ooh la la. It's really popular. Should be good. good. Perfect for uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. So thanks for listening and a Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for listening.